Hey everybody, welcome back to the Empire State Conservatives Podcast, episode 177. It is me, your host Evan, here with the infamous Gabe Montalvo, ready to push back against leftist tyranny and mainstream media fake news. But before we get started, guys, just a reminder to visit our website at EmpireStateConservativeNetwork.com for links to all of our shows, articles, and merch that is guaranteed to send your liberal family members to the nuthouse. Use code fraud for 20% off for a limited time. But also, very exciting news, I want you guys to make sure to check out the latest addition to the Empire State Conservative Network, the WaxCast podcast, hosted by the venerable Gavin Wax. Links should be up on the website very, very soon once Peter gets off his lazy ass and puts them up. But make sure you can check him out on Instagram at the WaxCast podcast and on all audio platforms. So, Gabe. That was a better intro than me. Yeah, I I always give a better intro. I give better intros for everyone better than you. Okay, so long as we're keeping some sort of standards. Okay, that's it. Infamous. You wanted to play that game, and so you're just infamous. That's it. Okay. All right. But (laughs) (laughs) a lot going on. A lot going on. Um, If you're listening to this live, tomorrow is the inauguration of that corpse of a human being, Joe Biden, into the office of the President of the United States, which truly will be a sad, sad day in our history. It is the end of the presidential term of possibly one of the greatest presidents of all time in President Donald Trump, who we really want to thank for all the work that he has done for the American people, even though he has been lambasted with lies by leftist media. They're still going to say, oh, he pushed hate for four years, and now it's a time of peace and unity, which we all know is a lie. They don't want unity. They want their agenda pushed through. That's what they mean by unity, and they want to silence everybody on the right. But Gabe, there is so much going on. Joe Biden is, and the Democrats are trying to push through a whole bunch of legislation right away. They are not wasting any time in pushing their agenda. They've already put forth the uh, Gun Registration Act, which would force people to apply for a license in order to exercise their Second Amendment right. It would also ban some ammo. And they are trying to push this through right away. They are also trying to give uh, citizenship to, what is it, 11 million illegal immigrants right like mm-hmm. day one they are really just they are just going all out gabe what do you see going on do you think that this is going to be the sign of things to come for at least the next two years or do you think they're just trying to make that big splash right away and then kind of taper off so that they don't have to deal with the moderates in their party you know fleeing like they did uh, when obama was in office i think that this is just going to be a, a blitzkrieg uh just trying to get as many things through as fast as they can for the time that they have power. Uh, And with somebody as seasoned as Joe Biden in office, as well as someone like Kamala Harris, you best believe they'll know what handshakes to, uh, you know, whose hands to to shake with and who to make deals with. And the idea of Joe Biden's administration saying to people, uh, to these immigration, I wouldn't even want to call them immigration rights advocate groups because it's not your right to just bust through a country's borders like we're seeing with the caravan uh, but for them to reach out to to foreign uh, nations and tell them the time is now colluding with them to try and fit as many people with this caravan then letting other people know that it's just okay to come to the united states without documentation i think that's certainly uh, a threat to our republic because we're not vetting people per se. We're giving everyone a fresh, clean slate. Now, I agree. There, not everyone comes here with, the, with malintent. Many people that emigrate to this country illegally just want to work and potentially send things back to, money back to their families. And I recognize that. 
But when we have seen so much emphasis put on the law, especially in recent times, uh, referring back to January 6th with the Capitol, we find that now the left wants to care about the true definition of the law. With that being said, sadly to say, no matter how good your intentions may be, the law states that if you come into a country illegally, that is a criminal act. Ergo, you are a criminal. And I know I've been called whitewashed and I counted this before, but you, if we really want to get down to the nitty gritty of things, and you really want to hold people accountable, calling those in the in the Capitol building domestic terrorists, then we can call people who are coming, regardless of intention, criminals. And Biden is signaling this. He wants more people to come. He wants 11 million people to come because that's why I titled the article 11 million new potential voters. That's what it boils down to. Instead of the backs of of uh, black Americans, of African Americans, he's, the Democratic Party is going to ride on the backs of Hispanic Americans. Well, that's because they've been losing black Americans under President Trump. And if they do import 11 million illegal immigrants into the state of Texas, guess what? You just flip the state of Texas. It's all been part of their game plan. That's why they push for illegal immigration. That's why they push for voter registration or citizenship for these people, because they know that if they promise them free stuff, they're going to vote Democrat. That's the Democrat plan. They've never solved the problem. It's all the promise of free stuff. It's free money, free food, all this nonsense. That's how they stay in power and people buy into it. And But that's mm -hmm. the issue. So there has to be like, it's it's just mind boggling. Listen, they have control of the House. They have the control of the Senate. Are, are moderate Democrats in the Senate going to stand up against this stuff? I don't think so. When you go, when, when your leaders tell you or your future leaders tell other people the time is now, that's how you know that there's not going to be any sort of uh, bipartisan agreement on this. It'll just be the Democrats pushing for this. They're going to get the dreamers up on the steps of the Capitol building uh, or, you know, in front of the White House and the sad stories about what's happened. And you're going to tear at the heartstrings and then the media is going to take that same footage and say, how dare Republicans. And I think Mitch McConnell uh, will ironically hold the line uh, against this. Uh, and I'm pretty sure Romney will defect. And then if McConnell gives the okay through some underhand deal, then something will go through on account of it. I think that's the way that it'll go for now. But when it comes to free stuff, look, Andrew Yang is running for, um, so he's running for New York City mayor because he loves the bodega, even though it says that it is certainly a, uh, a deli on the outside. But that's okay. He's going to promise... Uh, a monthly check, I believe, of a thousand dollars. The last thing we need is Andrew Yang busting in people's mouths in New York City. <laughs> Listen, he didn't. He couldn't even open the bushel of bananas in that uh, video. He was like, "Oh, I, I love the, the the banana for protein, not the potassium, but for the protein." And he's like trying to rip the the, the banana from the bushel. It's not a bushel. It's a banana. It's called a bunch. You see, you learn something new every day. Then pays with his green tea. Like this is, if you want to be a real New York City, uh, you know, guy who says he's from the streets, then you would have gotten chopped cheese, bacon, egg, and cheese with an Arizona. Something that shows that you know you really understand the common folk, not uh, someone who just came back to the city after fleeing from coronavirus with you and your family. But that's what we're going to see, and especially in New York, is you're going to see all these Democrats just be like, "Oh, there's an opening. I'm just going to come in because it's you know." It's a plus 100 blue area. Like, they're just not going to care. You're mm -hmm. going to see them defecting from all over. You saw it. Hillary Clinton did it years ago in order to become a senator from New York. They're yeah. like, oh, it's blue. I'm just going to go there because I can easily get elected. And that's an, that's a whole nother problem. But we have all we have. There's a lot of stuff that's going to be going down in this Biden administration. That's going to be very bad for this country. And people keep asking me, like, 
how do you, how can we keep the faith? It's like, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. You got to be able to weather the storm. It's just going to be our ground game is going to have to pick up. And it's the same thing we said. We were at the White Snow Republican Club meeting. The ground game has to increase. And it, we have to be on the streets getting people who have conservative values. If they're voting Democrat and they have conservative values, they need to be enlightened. We need to be inside these communities, showing them the benefits of business ownership versus government handouts. That's the only way to do it. And if we're not willing to take our ground game to the streets, to go outside of the state party, because the state party is not doing anything. They haven't done anything in years. If we, they, they haven't. And if we, the people, are, aren't willing to go in and change the hearts and minds of these people, then we will lose this country. Because at some point, if every major city is voting Democrat, we won't be able to win an election. If for, let's say for argument's sake, we all know there's a lot of shady shit stuff in this election. If for argument's sake, there was no shady stuff, right? And it was literally just, if you look at the voter maps, it's major cities voting blue and every almost everywhere around major cities voting red. And we lost. We had, There has to be a way to get back in the game. And it's not going to be through the mainstream GOP. It's going to be through the people. It's going to be on the streets. They have to take football time. We have to ground and pound. You have to be out there grinding in the neighborhoods and getting people to vote Republican. Mm -hmm. And it's certainly not an easy task, but nobody said that it would be easy. I mean, going into a Biden administration is something that not many people could fathom, but hopefully for the some that have become radicalized, I'd say, not in an overall bad way. I think they've a lot of people have just succumbed to despair. A lot of people have succumbed to this feeling of just nihilism of where it doesn't matter anymore. Your country matters. The president represents the country. We make up the country and we're able to, through a process, go every four to eight years, potentially getting a new person in office. And that's what's most important. As much as I would have loved to see Trump come for another four years, I feel like a lot of people were still hinging and are probably still hinging till this, you know, till the wee, wee hours of the morning on January 20th where they believe that something is going to happen, where they think that the military is just going to make massive arrests across uh, you know, Washington, D.C. and rounding up Democrats and putting them for trees. And I'm sorry to say, it's not going to happen. And I'll be damned if, I'll actually, if I'm wrong about this, and I'll personally issue an apology to everyone who, you know, who's... I would love to see that, but I don't think you're going to be apologizing. But this is the other thing that people don't understand. So the swamp wasn't, isn't just the Senate and the House. The swamp is the entire bureaucracy in Washington that includes the FBI, that includes Homeland Security, the CIA, the NSA. All these things are part of the swamp. You think that they're going to go after people that are that are their guys? It was never going to happen. Yeah, no. Whatsoever. I mean... The FBI said that they didn't have enough time to look through Hunter Biden's laptop. But I'm pretty sure they're going to be rounding, uh, using the FBI's intelligence uh, capabilities to actually look through a way to make this impeachment viable. I, I mean, that's what they were used for the first time around, right? So it, it's, it's like it's become the FBI has become a political um, institution that has authority within the law to actually what? To, 
to give the Democrats what they want or falsify information. And that's something, and this doesn't go for all members or agents within the FBI. This doesn't go for all federal agents. But there are certainly people that are well established within the system. If we want to talk about systemic oppression or systemic racism, there are certainly people entrenched within the system that have taken backroom deals. And it exists with every level of every organization, especially ones that are in the public sector. People just don't take the time to research it. And I highly encourage uh, people to look at videos that Project Veritas produces, where they go into both public and private sectors and call these people out and show you the evidence of who they really are. I, I mean, uh, there's, there's, they, there can't be that, there, you can't allow for that level of cognitive dissonance to actually not see or to refuse to see the relationship that the FBI and other federal entities have had against the president. They willingly, they knew that Obama was spying on the Trump campaign. And what did they do? They let it slide on the table. But as soon as someone yelled boo about Russia, about Ukraine, they went up in arms along with the rest of the Democratic Party. And something recently happened. Uh, the Epic Times came out with a, with a story saying that the... Um, Department of National Intelligence, uh, John Ratcliffe, said that he, that he has reason to believe that China actually had stake in the game when it came to this election, that he had reason A to interfere in this election. Are they kidding? Joe Biden loves China. But where's that, where's that story? No one's covering that story. No one's talking about it. Gabe, because again, if it, if they, the media has the power. And... I've been using quotes a lot. I used one at the White Stone meeting. I'm going to use another one. It's power is always dangerous. It attracts the worst and corrupts the best. And that's what happens. You, that's why you have so many issues with all these positions of power, right? It's why we have all these people who are child molesters going into the Catholic Church, right? Because it gives them a position of power. It's why you have to vet police officers at an extreme level because it attracts people who just want power, right? You have to avoid that. It's the same thing in Washington. These people in Washington who have been there for years, you don't think they love that power? That they think that they just get to decide how all of us little plebeians live our lives? They don't understand that this is what the founding fathers knew was going to happen. This is what they warned us about. This is why they created the government the way that it is, because they knew how badly power corrupted. They knew it and they warned us about it and we failed it because we allowed the government to become this entity that gives us things as opposed to an entity that protects us from others. That's what it, that's the problem. That's where we're at now. And I still have people telling me it's the government's job to make sure that I have to, I can only have to work one job. No, it's your job to make decisions in your life. So you don't end up a high school graduate with no skills and no vocational training working at Walmart for, for whatever amount they pay. That's not the government's job. That's your job. That's mm -hmm. it. But this well, is the problem. This is where we come to. And this is what's going to happen because the Democrat Party goes, we're going to make you all equal. So people who feel victimized run to the Democrat Party and they buy the lies. Mm -hmm. the, the running on free stuff can only work for so long, I would say. But we have minorities historically voting for democrats that have been promising a lot of the same thing they keep promising to fight for racial change and equality now i'll give credit where credit is due blm has raised a lot of awareness to their agenda which what they say on face value is fighting for racial equality more than you find someone like joe biden has 
And I don't agree with their methods. I don't agree with their organization whatsoever. But that's just the, that's just saying where, guess what? You guys did it before the government did. You guys accomplished to some degrees through lobbying and act, through your activism and through burning down cities. And violence. <laughs> and violence. You accomplished more than the, than the Democrats. But remember done. when Domino's Pizza was fixing the roads because the government couldn't do it? It's like, mm -hmm. what am I paying taxes for? Oh, well, you like roads, right? Yeah. Well, Domino's Pizza is fixing the roads. So how about instead of paying taxes, I buy pizza from Domino's. It's a lot cheaper. But this, you know, I really wanted to talk about this too, though, is yesterday was Martin Luther King Day. And BLM, to their credit, they decided <laughs> to take the message of Dr. King and just shove it in the dirt and really just stomp on it over and over again, riding in New York City, injuring police officers. And then we had Democrats going after Republicans for mentioning you know, Martin Luther King and his message. Meanwhile, they are the, I'm, I, I say it every year, the Democrats and the left are the biggest perpetrators with perverting Dr. King's message. Literally, in the I Have a Dream speech, he goes, I hope that my four children will be judged not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. And the left has done the exact opposite. They've made it, if you're black, your voice is above everybody else. It doesn't matter if you're a criminal. George Floyd, criminal. Jacob Blake, criminal. Michael Brown, criminal. All these people, terrible character. But they were placed above because of the color of their skin. This is the problem that we have. And again, riots on MLK Day. How much media coverage did you see of this game? Because I didn't see any. Oh, no. I typed in uh, on Google. I typed in MLK uh, New York City um, and... Barely anything. You actually had to type, type in like police clash or something like that. And these peaceful protesters threw a glass bottle at a police captain. I mean, it was... How do you consider that in any way, shape, or form peaceful? And the police said to get out of the street. That's it. Because they were coming down the Brooklyn Bridge. So they were met with the police officer that said, get out of the street. Go on the sidewalk. And what happened? No. How dare you? They started clashing with police, started throwing things. Ten officers got hurt. Thirty, close to what, thirty or more people got arrested. And now people are saying, oh, well, see, this is what happens when people just try and protest peacefully. If this happened at the Capitol, people would have gotten shot. And if only there was a must peace police presence at the Capitol. You have currently thousands of soldiers, thousands of federal agents. But they, again, they ignore all of this. They ignore the fact that a woman was shot in the throat who was unarmed at the Capitol. They ignore the fact that this wasn't a peaceful protest, that almost every single one of these BLM protests turns into a riot where people are assaulted and people are killed. They ignore those facts because they don't want to look like they're stepping on the toes of oppressed people. That's what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's just a... It's a shame that it has to come down to this. It's a shame that this is where we've come to playing these race-baiting politics. It's a, but it's, again, it's been a tactic. But what, like, what will these people understand? I actually was speaking uh, to somebody today at a store that I was, I was shopping at, and we we're just the topic of, of politics came up because I just simply, you know, that's just my thing now. And is it, is it your thing? Do you do politics, Gabe? I didn't know that. Yeah, no, I also do podcasts. You should check it out. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, I was talking to, to the, one of the cashiers, and I said, um, uh, I said, yeah, you know, I went to, uh, I went to Washington, D.C. on January 6th. 
like, it was, and they're like, oh my God. I said, don't worry, I was across the street from the Capitol building. So, you know, I didn't even know that, that whatever happened. So anyways, I did not take Pelosi's laptop. Yeah, I did not. I was not there. <laughs> my disclaimer. Uh, I was nowhere near the building. And the next thing you know, she was like, oh, well, if what happened, if the, if the, uh, if it was a Black Lives Matter people or people that were protesting for George Floyd, it would have turned very differently. And I yeah, said, they would have thrown bricks at the police. Well, not only that, but I said, well, the police would have taken a knee and you would have been let right in anyways. Yeah, really? So I said, that's not true. I said, you guys for months, not you guys, but you know what I mean? Yeah. I think you guys for months for what, six to seven months, destroying how much, taking how much from people? That's, that's immeasurable. And how many deaths equated on the result of police violence sources? I'm sure that if this was as much of a racist institution as people would love for, for some reason to make it seem, we would have seen, God forbid that this ever comes to pass, thousands of people shot, thousands of people jailed. And, oh, when the looting, shot, when the looting starts, the shooting starts, as, as Trump says, that everyone loves to quote that he was inciting violence. People looted and barely hit, barely sh uh, shot. I was going to say shoot it. Oh, God. Oh, God, Gabe. <laughs> All right, time to hold up the podcast. No, yeah. but, no, but you're right. This is not the civil rights marches of the 60s. No. This is overcompensation. So if it's a BLM thing, it's everyone stand down, allow them to have their temper tantrum, which is exactly what it is. When you turn a peaceful protest into a riot over a criminal, that is a temper tantrum, Okay. A hundred thousand percent, it is. It's always been, in recent memory, it seems like it's always been about someone who was a deviant in the eyes of the law. It's and at least 99% of the time, at least, at least. And I'd run that math. I'd challenge anyone to prove me wrong running that math. It almost always is. They burned down Ferguson for Michael Brown, who was a criminal who tried to murder a police officer. Jacob Blake, who was a rapist, who then went to re-victimize his rape victim. And then attacked the police with a knife with yeah. his kids in the car. The guy in Philadelphia who attacked the police with a knife. It's, I mean, come on, man. Brianna. <laughs> okay, bye. I'm with Arbery. He's like the one guy who wasn't a criminal. Everyone right. else is a career criminal. Yeah, no, I mean, and Ahmad Ar Arbery, that was, a, that was a horrible, horrible. And it wasn't by that police. Happened. That was, that was horrible. And that, but that wasn't even by police. Yeah, no, it wasn't. I mean, but. Uh, let's not forget, Breonna Taylor also wasn't innocent, and not people innocent. were. And the whole story was a false narrative. Mm -hmm. And Breonna, uh, not Breonna Taylor. No, well, on, because of Breonna Taylor, uh, Rand Paul actually tried to make the uh, the no knock uh, police policy, where the police can't just bust into your door without like a warrant or you know whatever have you. And BLM still attacked him when he left the White House when the president, uh, what was it, during the 4th of July? Uh, so, no, no, during because the they don't care Because there's an R next to his name, it doesn't matter what he does. It's the same thing. President Trump has done so much for black and Hispanics, women, everybody. He tried to decriminalize homosexuality throughout the world, but he's a homophobe. But it doesn't matter because there's an R next to his name. So the media is just going to plug the false narrative. That's what they do. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would like to say a very big thank you to uh, to Donald Trump. I mean, hopefully this is something that the left will never take away from him. But this has been one of the most peaceful administrations in the history of this country. And it has certainly been one of the most peaceful administrations uh, in modern American history. This is some, President Trump said he was, wanted to decrease, decrease our troops in the Middle East. He's done that. 
he wanted to make peace or try to make peace in the Middle East. He did peace talks uh, with Middle with the Middle Eastern uh, nations uh, and the Arabic nations with Israel. We we've seen he's been moving forward with that. He said that he also wanted to uh, ensure that we had a good strong military. He gave us a pay increase. He gave he made sure that we had top equipment for our military personnel. And for that, I think that says a lot about someone. And people will say, oh, well, you know, guess what? Uh, the commander-in-chief, the bone spurs, bone spurs, bone spurs. Okay, yeah, I get it. He, he dodged the draft. I don't, I don't look too kindly on people who dodge the draft. And I can admit that. But at the same time, this is somebody who made promises to the military, and I'd say that he's kept them. We haven't gotten into any, any new wars as much as the left wanted to say that, he was going to start World War III. He literally they walked into... They kept saying right. it. He kept, they kept, we kept avoiding it, and he kept making peace deals. Yeah. Where was the war with Russia? Where was the war with North Korea? Where was the war with Iran? And we were able, and I say we because we're Republicans and we support Trump, and we, this is what we've been doing. We've been proving the left wrong. We were able to make the Democrats defend terrorists. When we killed Soleimani... Oh my God! He was—it was so horrible that we killed Soleimani. This was the father of the roadside bomb. This was somebody who who trained terrorists and insurgents, real insurgents, to kill, maim, demoralize American troops, as well as terrorize citizens of their own countries. This is not someone who should have been revered. And I don't, was it Soleimani or was it somebody else who they said was an, uh, a scholar in the New York Times? I think it was the other guy. I forgot his name. It was something Kwako Baka Wako, whatever his name was. Oh I don't remember. I just don't remember his name was. He's not that important. He's dead. And he was a terrorist. Yeah. But, yeah. That's really, but that's really what it comes down to. And what we're looking at right now is if the Biden administration, which is really the Harris administration, which is horrifying, goes on the path that they say they are you are going to see an increase in power of places like Iran, China, Russia, and God forbid the re-rise of ISIS. Mm. Because look what happened under Obama. ISIS became this thing that took over the size of the Middle East. They had to caliphate the size of Ohio. And President mm. Trump unleashed the U.S. military and destroyed them. And mm -hmm. for all we know, you know, Biden's going to be like, yeah, you know, we don't need to do that anymore. It's fine. Just let them do what they want to do. Mm -hmm. And they'll rise again, and we'll see an increase in terror attacks. Because we're yeah. not willing to take them on. Right. And, God, would it be so convenient if things start kicking up in the Middle East again? How do we know that Biden didn't actually go to any foreign powers that we might deem unsavory and say, now's your time? And I know this, is, this might be bordering some sort of conspiracy, but at the same time, a lot of the things that people thought were crazy have become true. Now I can say that I don't believe in the whole massive arrest. I don't believe in, in this and a lot of the Q ideas and broadcast messages uh, that some people have fallen victim to. I don't believe I in it at all. It, but first off, it was going to happen. It would have happened by now. Like, really, yeah. it's going to happen on the eve of the inauguration, people? Get it's a little too theatrical. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's just. I really don't want to see this country plunged into war. I don't want to see it plunged into a long uh, conflict. I don't want there to be more represence in the Middle East than there already is. I don't think, you know, protect embassies, protect our economic interests. Uh, you know, let's, let's, you know, cut it straight there. We do have economic interests there. Protect it because that's also what's helping uh, drive the economy. And, you know, just 
don't escalate force unnecessarily and don't keep people where they don't need to be. Uh, I mean, uh, Tim Kennedy put out a very good post on Facebook where he says, um, you know, a lot of people are upset that, you know, you see soldiers sleeping in the Capitol for whatever reason it may be. But the fact that they're at least sleeping on American soil, they get they can go home. And that, for me, was very important because I've had friends that deployed. And, you know, they, things happen when you're away because you're away for, you know, up to a year, potentially more. And, you know, you're away from your home. And that, that there is a longing there. And it is a sacrifice that you make. You don't have to necessarily die for your country to, make an, to, to sacrifice something. And, and that's, that's an idea that I want a lot of people to understand that whether or not you agree with what's happening at the Capitol with the amount of National Guard soldiers that are there, understand that not only are they typically apolitical, um, but they're there to ensure safety. And I would even go as far as saying if, we, if those safety measures, not to the extremes that we're seeing now, but if those levels of troops were there, um, not nearly as high though, if we just had a presence there, I think that a lot of what happened at the Capitol would have been prevented because I don't think that Trump supporters would have actually attacked soldiers. I don't think they would have attacked more, you know, the police officers en masse. I think they were emboldened and people like Tom Sullivan, the leader of Insurgents USA, which is a offset, a, sub, a subset of Black Lives Matter, even though they don't claim him, uh, was there inciting and riling people there. But, you know, now he's let out on bail. So. No, but it really is ridiculous. And again, we don't want troops overseas. I have a good friend of mine spend two years in Iraq. The last thing I want is to have any of our boys overseas. Um, we want them at home. We want them to be safe. Yes, when they need to be deployed, when things like ISIS need to be taken down. Yes, the American military needs to do what it needs to do. But this whole, it just really comes down to this false message of unity, though, because we've seen it. They don't want to defend the border, but they'll encircle the capital with 25,000 troops. You know, they want to talk about everyone coming together, but then Joe Biden will talk about all Trump supporters being Nazis and being white supremacists and all this other garbage. It's just they talk out of both sides of their mouths. It's literally like the return of Obama. It's what he did the whole time. Oh, American unity, American strike. We're doing all things for the American people. Meanwhile, all this money is going to Iran. All these things are going out the door. All these things are going to foreign nations. It's just, it's, ugh. dude, it's going to be a rough two. It's really going to be a rough two years if for, if we don't have Republicans with backbones and we don't have moderate Democrats with backbones. It's going to be rough. Yeah, well, at the same time, remember that uh, study, study show, aside from the potential potential election fraud that we've seen. And I only say potential because you're not allowed to say that it's a thing. Um, that Republicans stood home during the, the senatorial election in, in, uh, in, in Georgia. You can't be relaxed. You can't be relaxed when it comes to these things. You have to go out and vote. And don't fall into the nihilism. Well, my vote doesn't matter. If, you, if that's what you've come down to after being a principal Republican, a, a so-called constitutionalist, if your idea just because your candidate didn't win is now my vote no longer matters, then what was the point of you voting in the first place? Do you, not, do you believe in one person or do you believe in the country? But, that, but that's the problem. That's the problem that we have here in New York. So New York has about 4 million gun owners. Mm -hmm. Andrew Cuomo did not win the governorship by 4 million votes. I don't think he got 4 million votes. 
So if every single gun owner in America, in New York state went, you know what? It is enough of an issue that I need to be able to defend my home and defend my property and defend my family. I'm going to go out and vote this guy out. We wouldn't have Andrew Cuomo up in Albany. We need to band together. It's not about one vote. It's about all of us standing together and going, listen, my vote's going to count and your vote's going to count. And we're getting rid of these people who are trespassing on our rights. That's what Mm -hmm. it comes down to. Because, yes, no one ever loses an election by one vote. But if you're thinking that, you goddamn right, at least 10,000 to 100,000 other people are are thinking the exact same thing. And 100,000 votes can easily sway an election. Oh, most certainly. And it's we saw it. We saw it happen in Michigan. 100,000. Well, 130, 140,000, whatever, whatever, however many um, red flyer uh, wagons. Yes, the legitimate to... votes. Yes, they were all legitimate. Yeah, and and here's where and here's where it came off where where people said, oh well, it just didn't amount to all that much. I mean, even if we did find fraud, it, it wouldn't be enough to, to overturn. That and that's the argument. I'm like. People, uh, it's no matter four who. cities. It's literally four cities that changed the course of the election. It doesn't matter if it didn't happen anywhere else. If it happened in four cities and that changes the election, then it's enough to investigate. Yeah. Well, guess what? Doesn't matter now. Uh, for for now, I should say. For um, now, it doesn't matter. Hopefully, they will launch an investigation. I know. Um, what's his name? That new guy, Madison. Something? Madison Crawford. Yes, he says he wants to lead the push into investigating voter fraud, which I hope they do. Listen, even if they say it was a thousand votes in one city that we found that were fraudulent, okay, clean that up. Even if it wasn't as widespread and it didn't actually turn the election, figure out what's going wrong. Fix the election. There should be no doubt. There shouldn't be vertical lines in the middle of the night. There shouldn't be coolers being pulled out from underneath tables. There shouldn't be Republican poll watchers being denied access to the building when you have 26 Democrats inside. Those things should not be happening. Dead people should not be voting. You should not be sanitizing ballots. These things should not be happening. Clean up the election. If we lose fair and square, I'm fine with it. It happens. You can't win everything. We knew this was going to be a close election. People have been saying it for months. Joe Biden was the most dangerous person to go against Trump. Why? Because he's non-controversial to the left. Mm-hmm. To the left, he's non-controversial. Bernie Sanders, you would have seen massive amounts of people staying home. You would have seen his supporters out voting and everyone else staying home. You would yeah. think out with Hillary Clinton. People stayed home because they don't like her. Joe Biden, they look at, oh, he's that nice guy who was with Barack Obama. I like Joe Biden, even though they know nothing about his political record. But we yeah. we have to have election security. You can't claim for four years that Russia meddled in the election and then all of a sudden go, nope, everything's fine. Everything's fine. All these videos are lies. Come on. Like, just investigate. Yeah. But, you know, what does that mean anymore? I mean, who are you going to get to do it? God, there's snakes in the grass everywhere. I know. And- I mean, at the end of the day, you can't trust the government for anything. I mean, really, we can't trust the government for anything. You really can't. But that's why the government is not supposed to be providing you with everything. The government is supposed to be there to literally safeguard your rights. That is literally the job of the government. That's it. And it's become Mm -hmm. this thing where it's a provider. And that's the problem. And that's why we have to change the minds of the people. Again, it has to be a ground game. We have to be out there. Hearts and minds. You have to win those. Guess what? Because policy doesn't win anymore. You have to get inside their hearts and minds. You have to win them over and then show them that the policy matters. But you have to get that. You have to change the mindset. And it's going to be rough. It's going to be hard. And if we can take two years, hardcore ground game, 
then we have a chance to save this country. But if we're not right. willing to put in the work, then we're going to lose a lot more. Right. And I'd like to acknowledge uh, our viewers for one second, for everyone who's watching us live currently, and for those of you listening on the audio, whenever this goes up, either a couple of hours after the live show or the day after when you decide to listen to it, um, be sure to catch us every Tuesday and Thursday live at 7.30 Eastern Time, unless either I'm late or things are, <laughs> are posted um, with other information. And I'd like to actually respond to Sean Kelly. That's right. I knew it would be Sean Kelly. I knew yeah. it would be Sean Kelly. Well, no, it's because, you know, if you're a live show, we should engage with the audience a bit. Um, and he says, Republicans will never win another uh, national election. Every Republican who refused to fight for Trump killed the party that day. Now, I think that the second part of that has merit. I think that they certainly demoralized the party. The Republican Party certainly became uh, demoralized um, when you, when, on the events of January 6th, the after effects, the ripples that happened on account of it certainly did demoralize. But that's the goal. The goal was to do that. The goal was to either make sure that people didn't feel comfortable with how the election process happens in the United States or try and say that or, or, or make people feel bad for who they support. And that's what happened. Now, I, I think it's a little bit ludicrous to say that Republicans will never win another election and i know that it might be hyperbole but it you know we're speaking in absolutes right now and i think that it's wrong to say that trump was certainly lightning in a bottle he was a firebrand or he is he's still alive so he he is and as of right now he is still president with that being said i'm sure that he will take a and i hope that he continues to work in the gop to give endorsements these are things that trump would be very good at creating his own media channel, for example. You know, he doesn't like Fox at times. You know, We will take oh, the 5 a.m. slot. I will tell you right now, President Trump, we will take the 5 a.m. slot Eastern time. Yeah, that'd be great. That's when all, you know, the coal miners and the working American people go to work. 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. Yeah. Or more, you know, can fill up the hour somehow. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the idea that the Republicans will never win again, it's demoralizing, and that's how you let Democrats win. That's exactly what we spoke about before what happened in Georgia. And it's, it's what not they just do in New York. It's what they do in New York every time. And President Trump won 45% of the vote. 45%. New York was a red state before the 2018 midterm elections. It was. But they demoralize it. It's exactly what they do. And they make you think your vote doesn't count. You have to remember that it does count. And you have to be out voting. You can't. Listen, even if you think it doesn't count, I vote every single election. Every single year I go out, even the, the local little elections, and I vote. And it might not make a difference, but guess what? If I give up, if I can't, then I can't come out here and tell you that you have to vote. Mm -hmm. If we don't vote, we literally have no voice. Band together, grab your neighbors, grab everybody who you know, who are even just leaning to the right and go, listen, these guys are not doing it for us. Let's just band together. Let's just talk to each other. Grow. That's dude. That's literally how we started this thing. We literally right. like eight people that we knew and we're like, oh my God. You know, if we're feeling this way, there have to be other people in the state feeling this way. Right. Inroads in the state. Mm -hmm. Trump literally did better, historically speaking, I think since Richard Nixon with minority voters. He's gone up in, in favorability with minorities, uh, not just regarding to skin color, but also sexual orientation and, um, you know, et cetera, and, and uh, identity and creed. So with that being said, 
capitalize on what the president did. He literally gave the roadmap of how to do it. And I'm not saying for everyone to, to adopt Trump's persona and try and be the next Trump. You're going to look cheap and it's going to not feel correct. Find your own niche. And this is to any candidates in the future. Find a niche, but brand it with the America First message because it's obvious that people are going to move forward now. And that's the thing. Republicans, it's very important to know that the media doesn't like us. And I learned this firsthand. And I learned this firsthand. Still keep doing it, Gabe. Yeah, I mean, listen, credit to what credit is due. I think that the people who I talk to at the BBC are, are good people. And I understand they have a message that they need to convey to their, their, their base, uh, whether I may agree with it or not. But I continuously go on there and give my opinion because I think that it's important for someone to hear a Republican perspective. And if anyone has a question about it uh, or a comment, and I know a lot of people who disagree with me do, they can find me on my social media and ask me, uh, a question or, you know, try and talk to me about it, which they have. And, it, you know, it's not always with the most coolest of heads, but, you know, they give, they try and shoot their shot. And I think more people should be aware of that. The media won't like you, so give tell it like it is. Give them your story. Give them what your plan is. They're not going to like you anyways. But the more of a real person that you are, rather than a politician first, they'll give you free airtime. It'll be the Trump effect all over again. Yeah, and that's how you have to do it. And listen, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. Nothing's ever easy. Getting President Trump elected the first time wasn't easy. Ask anybody who worked on that campaign. They know it wasn't easy. But if we're not willing to put in the work, if we're not willing to fight back, if we're not willing to push back, if we're not willing to just be out there spreading the word, if we're not willing to support people who are fighting back, then we will lose. You can't be passive about this. If you're going to be passive and go, oh, well, we lost. That's it. The world's over. Then guess what? It will be over. Because the only way that we keep freedom is keep fighting for it. This is why I say it every episode. It's why I give money to FPC. It's why I give money to GOA. It's why I support these people. It's why I give shout outs to people like Gavin Wax. It's why I tell you guys to follow people like the Censor You Moon by Angel Kiros. Because these people are actively pushing back. And they have to be supported and we have to constantly do it. Because not everyone can be out in the street. They can't. They can't. It's just not the way it is. Mm -hmm. You can support people who are actively fighting back. And that's what we have to do. Mm -hmm. And if you can't go out in the street and march like an idiot, like me, um, you know, waking up at, no, not even waking up, traveling in the middle of the night, <laughs> traversing state, uh, state borders. Waiting online at 3.30 in the morning <laughs> in Washington, D.C. If you can't do that, and I understand that not everyone can do it. I don't always do it. What, what you can do is you can vote. And now, as much as we might be fundamentally opposed to it, there are absent, not absentee ballots. There's mail-in voting now. So now you can literally do it from the comfort of your own home. I wouldn't recommend it. But there are certainly ways for you to pass the message on. And it's not over. It's, it's really not. We can move forward as a country together. And give credit where credit is due, because in the envisioning ourselves as the us versus them, and I know that this might sound as ironic, uh, coming from us or myself, who's been very openly critical of Democrats and leftists, more so leftists than anything. Rightfully so. Right. <laughs> we have to give credit where credit is due at times. 
we have to say, listen, this person is good. If we're able to work with moderate Democrats, if we're able to work with rational people, we should be able to do it. These They're very are true not, left. Right. These are not our enemies in the sense that I don't think that the everyday regular Democrat is actively trying to destroy this country. I just think that they have a different way of trying to make the country better. And they deserve to listen work. to it. Well, right. M most of the times it doesn't work. I mean, nine times out of ten it doesn't work. But at the same time, we have to be able to not see them as enemies. We can't just be, oh, you're a Democrat, how dare you? And, you know, raise our fists and anger at them as the same way they do with us. We have to be able to set the example. I understand taking the high road is difficult. I understand that. But still, we are a party of principle. We've made sure that we are people of principle. And it shouldn't go away just because the president's going away. And, you know, I do, though I do believe to some various extent that the backdrop we have, and for those of you who are listening on audio, the backdrop we have currently uh, is the upside down American flag, which is a sign of distress. I do believe a lot of people are distressed currently. A lot of Trump supporters I feel hopeless. Don't, don't succumb to that. But I agree with the banner, not because I'm so distressed morally, but because I'm worried a little bit about what this may bring, what doors this may open uh, on a globalist level. And that's what we see. It's an elitist political class. And that's what I think about. And I think about how we can move forward as a country, not just so much of what Biden is, but more so what he represents. Right. And you see that the Democrats are starting to go after not just Republicans, but specifically Trump supporters. They want Trump. They want lists. They want, you know, people's names. You know, they want people's jobs. They're not, you know, if we let them just run, roughshod, <laughs> they're going to take us out. It's, it's about standing up and pushing back. You don't have to feel like the world is over. It's only over if you allow it to be. It's again, freedom. It only goes away if we stop fighting for it. We still have the power at the end of the day. If it ever got to that point, what is it? 300, oh, 300 million guns in this country and counting? Over 100 million gun owners? Largest military in the world. If, God forbid, it ever came to that, we would say we could take to the streets and fight back for freedom. But the second that we give up, that's when it's over. So don't give up. Yes, it sucks. And it might, it's probably going to suck for two years. But we have to have a game plan going forward. If we give up, then it is over. Certainly. Well, I think uh, I think that's it for me to say this. I, I mean, let's enjoy the last few hours of the Trump presidency that we have. Yeah, um, I agree, Gabe. So why don't you tell people where they can find you on the internets? Yes. Oh, so you can find me at Baron.Montalvo on Instagram, Baron underscore on um, on Twitter, you can find me at the Baron Montalvo on Parlor and Facebook. Um, and if you are a young Republican in the state of New York, or you're visiting and you want to come to an event, hang out with other like-minded young people. Uh, we're not ageist though, because a lot of people come. We're just reaching out to a you know younger demographic. Please check out the New York Republicans Club at nyyrc.com. Uh, which is also their social media handle. So at NYYRC on all major social media platforms. And, you know, after all is said and done, after the dust settles, I'd just like to, again, say to President Donald Trump, thank you very much for all the work that you've done these past four years. Um, and you, you've certainly led a great example for this, for this country of what it can be and what, with effort, what it 
could still be. And um, listen, I'm going to go to work. I'm going to uh, not destroy and burn down city streets. And I'm going to ensure every day that good people still go into office and work towards a better uh, United States. Amazing, Gabe. I'm just Thank stuck with the sound. So, so poetic. No, but guys, what Gabe's saying is true. But make sure that you follow us on Facebook at Empire State Conservatives, on Instagram at underscore Empire State Conservatives, on Twitter at Empire State Cons, when Parlor goes back up at Empire State Conservatives. And make sure you check out our website, EmpireStateConservativeNetwork.com. Again, links to our store. All the money goes back into fighting leftist tyranny. And make sure you check out the WaxCast podcast with our good friend Gavin Wax. The links to his show will be up on our website very soon. So for that, everybody stay safe and don't let fear take your freedom. Mm -hmm.